Before Adel speaks, he asked me to read the scriptures. If you'll turn in the gospel according to Mark chapter 5, we'll read the first 20 verses. Mark chapter 5, beginning at verse 1. While you're turning in the scriptures, we need to lift up our dear sister Sonia. She was taken to the hospital. Uh, Bob just told me, so lift her up in prayer. Let's say a prayer for her before we read the scriptures, shall we? Pray for Sonia, Lord, that you'll take care of her as she goes to the hospital for whatever it is. We pray that you will be with her, Lord. You're the great physician. You know the end from the beginning and all the issues in our lives. We pray that you'll heal her, help her to feel better, Lord, and that we'll hear good news soon that she's okay. We thank you that you're concerned about every area of our lives, and we just commit it to you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Mark chapter 5, beginning at verse 1. Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs. And no one could bind him, not even with chains, because he often had been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been pulled apart by him and the shackles broken in pieces. Neither could anyone tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, What do I have to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. For he said to him, Come out of the man, unclean spirit. Then he asked him, What is your name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly that he would not send him out of the country. Now a large herd of swine was feeding there near the mountains. So all the demons begged him, saying, Send us to the swine that we may enter them. And at once Jesus gave them permission. Then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. There were about 2,000. And the herd ran violently down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the sea. So those who fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what had happened. Then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon possessed and the legion and had the legions sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. And those who saw it told them how it happened to him who had been demon-possessed and about the swine. Then they began to plead with him to depart from their region. And when he got into the boat, he who had been demon-possessed begged him that he might be with him. Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, Go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. And he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him and all marveled. May God bless the reading of this word. We thank God for this, for the word. And I thank God for this song that I heard this morning. When I was lost, I heard the shepherd's call. Oh, thank God I heard that call. Otherwise, I'd be dead now. There won't be an idol here in Contra Costa. I'd be dead, but thank God, he touched me. 
and changed my life. And we thank God that he still looks for people like me, sinners, like yours truly, to save them and change them. And I hope this morning that you will hear the shepherd's call. And anyone who is without Christ this morning will be delivered like this man that was inhabited, filled with demon, possessed devils, and he was released. The deliverance of the tomb dweller. The deliverance of the tomb dweller. The Lord's visit to the Gadarenes was right after he and the disciples crossed the lake of Tiberias. And to cross the lake uh, during those days, it would take from the west coast to the east coast, will take about six hours. He crossed the lake for six hours. And do you know, if you never thought about it, that neither the disciples, no one knew. He said, let us cross to the other side. And you know, with Jesus in his foreknowledge, he knew that there was a crazy man, a man who is filled with evil spirit, a demoniac, who was there and who's been tortured day and night. And Jesus crossed the sea for six hours to come and heal him. And the Lord Jesus, I want to tell you something, Christians, just for you to rejoice this morning. The Lord Jesus crossed the firmament of heaven to come down to save you and me. And aren't you glad you are saved this morning? Rejoice in that. Because distance is no problem for him to come and take care of your sins and give you the good news. He freed that man. Jesus came as his habit to do good. Everywhere he went, he bestowed blessings like never before. He healed the sick, cured the cripples, opened the eyes of the blind, gave speech to the dumb, raised the dead, and revived every town he entered. When Jesus comes to a place, he comes to do good. He's never the carrier of bad news. So you don't have to ask him, Jesus, give me the bad news first and the good news. He tells, he will ask, he will answer the question, says, what bad news? I'm, I'm no carrier of bad news. I bring you good news from heaven. This is what the angel said when he was born. And he is good news all the time. Every time. Whenever Jesus visits a town or a community, a home, or he enters a temple, he comes with good news. As we read in Luke 4.18, and listen to the Spirit of the Lord, he is reading, is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. And above all, to free the oppressed. We also read in Acts chapter 10 and verse 38. He went about doing good. He went, Jesus went about doing good and curing all who were under the tyranny of the devil. Because God was with him. But I regret this morning to tell you that the citizens of the Gadarenes, that place he went and landed with the disciples, were self-blinded to all of this. 
And the tragedy today is that most people are still blind to that fact. And as it was then, so it is now. The heart of man did not change. Let's look quickly at this incident before us. First of all, we see the man's condition. In verses 2 and 3, we read, And when they had, when he had come out of the boat, immediately a man from the tombs with an unclean spirit met him. And he had his dwelling among the tombs, and no one was able to bind him anymore, even with a chain. What a picture. What is sad, horrible view of the man here before us. It would appear that his state was directly due to sin. And sin is a great wrecker. If you don't know it, I'm telling you now, allow me. Sin is a great wrecker of lives, of homes, of marriages, of society, of government, of nations. And all the ailments of our society come from sin. And people have no clue of this disease that has invaded our homes, our families, our schools, our government. I repeat, invaded every area that we live in. And people have no clue about that. And the irony of it, that we are using band-aids to fix the problem. It's a cancer, and you cannot treat cancer with band-aids, or with aspirin, or with antibiotics. It needs a surgery, deep surgery, and no one is doing anything about it. And furthermore, if you have noticed lately, people have grown insensitive to sin. Sin means nothing anymore to anyone. May God give us, give us the sensitivity of, of every sin, everything that is not according to God's will, and to know this is a sin and we don't want, want to take part of it. Paul said of people with this malady, this sickness, they had their conscience seared as with a hot iron. Yes, sin is a record, and only Christ can salvage its wrecks. Under the title of evil, I read the following article. Over wide areas, I never knew that, over wide areas of the U.S., carpenter bees, carpenter bees, those of you probably have heard about that, I haven't, begin swarming around the roofs and eaves of homes when spring arrives, looking for edible wood. And there they wanted to nest. The bees make a small hole in the wood and lay their eggs. Though the initial hole is small, over time, more and more of the inner wood is eaten away. You better check your homes when you go back. <laughs> I thought so. <laughs> Even though the surface of the wood looks good, 
enough carpenter bees can eat away the strengths of the supporting timbers of a home and eventually destroy the home. The homeowner must guard himself against their attacks. So are we going to go and check your homes after you get there? Similarly, this is, we must guard against the attacks of sin, which bore within, seeking a foothold in one's life. Just as the carpenter bees multiply and feed on the wood, sin multiplies and feeds on the soul. It is better to keep the sin out in the first place than to root it out afterwards. So let's keep sin out of our lives. The cure for sin is the Lord Jesus Christ. No one else. Now let's examine together. You got the story. Let's examine together where this man was, the nature of his trouble, and his hopeless condition. Simple, right? Well, let's answer this. In verses 3 it says, he was dwelling among the tombs. Can you imagine yourself one night when the sun comes down and it gets dark and you have your bed amongst the tombs? This man had no bed. But he was there. And also it says he was bound with shackles and chains. In verse 4. He was untamable. And thirdly, he was crying out and gashing himself with stones. He was trying. He was just bleeding himself day and night with stones. And this speaks to me about his hopeless condition. And above all. It's not mentioned in here, but it's mentioned in Luke, verse 8, 27. Put it down. He was naked. He had no clothes on him. He was completely as God created him. This is, to me, this is a true picture of the sinner under the power of evil. Whether you agree with me or not. But this is what the Bible says. This is a picture of the sinner without Christ. Who's under the power of the evil spirits. He's dwelling where? In death. If you ask a sinner, if you, where are you going? After you die. He cannot answer that. After, he doesn't have to answer that. He's living in sin. He's living in death valley. He's already dead. Because God says in our, in the Bible says, you who were dead in trespasses and sin, completely lost, dead bones, no life in us. And this is exactly the situation of the natural man, natural woman living outside Christ. Rebelling with no restraint. He was rebelling. Could anyone restrain the guy? They tried to bind him. He broke the chains. They tried to approach him. They couldn't. They were afraid, fearful of him. He was completely out of control. We say that, hey, you are out of control. This is nothing. This man was out of control. What an illustration of the impotence of man. Man cannot control sin. Regardless of what they, I'm okay. How many times you spoke to someone? I'm okay. I have it under control. 
Is your life under control? Yes, it's under control. But what's this broken marriage that you have? What's this broken home that you come from? What's your, that you are, you cannot maintain a job more than six months. You have changed five, six jobs. Tell me about it. Oh, I have it under control. If this is under control, I wonder what is out of control. (laughs) No one was strong enough to subdue him. This man was demon possessed. He was demoniac. And many are controlled by this, the power of this evil spirit nowadays. Whether you believe in it or not, but it is today. So many people are today demon possessed. So many today have given their lives to the devil. They deny the power of Christ and they live the way they want to live. They live for their own lusts and own life and they are demon possessed. And no one is able to deliver them. But I have good news for every person who is outside Christ. Jesus Christ can deliver you. The sinner is a slave, like this man. He's helpless, like this man. He's hopeless, like this man. Tortured and often yearning for deliverance. But listen to this. Yet unwilling to be set free. I want, but I can't. And when they ask, I will try. It's not a matter of trying. It's a matter of throwing yourself on the Lord Jesus Christ. This was the case before us here. Do you think it's an easy case? This is a very difficult case. The case of the tomb dweller. He bowed in adoration and faith when he saw Jesus. He bowed down. Yet, hating, defiant, and fearing. Would you say he had double personality? This is what Satan does. He gives you a double personality. You're good when things are not well and you're afraid. When you are living in fear, you're okay. But when you are okay, everything is okay with you, you are daring and you are defiant and you don't care about the Lord Jesus Christ. Many people live like that. Many people come close to Jesus and they pray. And you've experienced that. I pray when they have a sickness, an illness. When they they are diagnosed with something dangerous. They become what? They become godly. They are so godly that they are so so away from God. Because they are godly because of fear. And when things are better with them, they forget everything about God. And they live their own lives. Did you experience some of those? I have. This is the one who had double personality. Longing for liberty. Oh, I wish. Longing for liberty. Yet, clinging to passion and the passion of his life. I have a question. Is this your case? Do you feel you are pulled by two power? One evil power and one good one. Do you feel your pull? Do you say, Adol, I understand you? Do you suffer from a similar condition? Are you sensible of the two voices and the two forces within you like this man? 
He was crying out, What do I have to do with Jesus? And on the other hand, he says, Have mercy. Which one? Are you hearing these two voices within you? A love of evil and a longing for good? Dear friend, there is someone who loves you more than you can imagine. He crossed the firmaments of heaven to come to save you from this helpless, hopeless condition. And I have good news for you. His name is Jesus. Secondly, this man could not help himself. As we look at this violent man, he was dangerous. He was a terror to society. We understand why no one came near him. Who wants to get near him? Who wants to go to the tombs and meet with him? Who wants to tell him? His mother left him. His father left him. His brother left him. His society left him. Everyone denied him. And he was living alone. What a miserable life. What a lonely life. He was left to die. Do you feel like you've been left alone today? Do you feel like you're left without a father, a mother, a husband, a wife? You feel that you're left, you take care of yourself and you cannot take care of yourself. And everything you do brings calamity into your life. This was the man. He could not help himself and people could not help him. But... One had mercy on him. As I said, he crossed the lake for six hours to come and see him. And his name is Jesus. This is the only one who has the power over the evil spirit. And he commanded them to leave him. One word. And that was all. What's your name? He didn't even get to tell him, what's your name? We're legions. They answered. He didn't answer his name. The evil, the the demons in him answered, legions. How many? At least we can count 2,000. 2,000 in one man. Can you believe that? Can Can you imagine the power that this man had? The evil power that he had within him. And immediately, immediately, they bowed before him and says, Please order us to go into the swine. Order us. Don't torture us. You know what? No one has the power over the devil of the Lord except the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the Lord and they are the creatures. Remember that and never forget it. Please note that Jesus did not begin by clothing him. He was, what we say, naked. And he said, oh, I know what you need. I know what you need. You need a couple of pants and a shirt. (laughs) It says he was naked. He said, we need to fix your problem. Do you think if he gave him clothes, would have fixed his problem? Though he is known to have made clothes before. 
He did that for Adam and Eve. Didn't he? He would have. But this is not what he came for. He didn't come to be a tailor. He came to be a savior. Society today addresses the outward appearance. When they see someone who is really tortured, they try, first of all, let's dress that person. And you ladies who were here on Thursday morning, that was a great message Thursday morning. We try to fix the outward appearance. And they took this young lady who came, who was uneducated, and dressed her, and sent her to school, and uh, educated her, and uh, took her to a nice ball, and with a beautiful, uh, yeah, beautiful thing around her neck. (laughs) Pearls, pearls. And while she was dancing, okay, she took a left turn, a wrong turn. And the thing broke and the pearls went up. She started screaming and shouting, my pearls, my pearls. What happened to all the education? She lost every finesse they gave her. Every, everything they taught her. You know, they sent her to charm school and charm school did not affect her. (laughs) And this is what society does. We need to fix them. They do fix the outer, they dress the person to make him her look good. And by planning reforms and rehab centers. How many, your favorite stars, uh, suddenly you hear they were admitted to a rehab center, they have alcoholism. How many? How many? These were supposed to be the people who set examples for all the society in the world. They're alcoholics, they're this and that and others. We're not here to describe them, but we're here to prove that there is no cure for society except the Lord Jesus Christ. There was no cure for this man. No cure. They gave up. Society gave up on him. All the hospitals gave up on him. All the institutions they had, they gave up on him completely. They offered counseling. Send them to charm school. Send them to uh, centers. Oh, they need, what they need is support group. What they need is support group. Support group cannot heal sin, folks. A support group. Though I'm for support groups, I have the greatest support group in the world. This is the group I have. And it's available whether I'm healthy, thank God I am, or I'm sick. They are my support group and thank God for you. They are good support groups, but they never solve the problem. Psychiatric help comes in. He needs psychiatry. He needs a, we need to send him every week for psychiatry. Who watches Monk? <laughs> the guy wants a psychiatrist to sleep with him. He can't live without him. When he resigned last week, when he, when he said, I'm, I'm retiring, he went crazy. He said, no, no, I don't believe it. He wants to bring him back every day. People cannot live with that psychiatry, but does it solve the problem? Why? If the psychiatry, psychologists, this world, institutions, rehabs, everything can solve the problem, why do we go back to them every week? 
There's only one who can release you, relieve you, and set you free. His name is Jesus Christ. And you don't have to go back for a second session. (laughs) I can prove it. I'm coming to it. Why these programs don't work? Why, you may ask. These programs don't work. Let me answer that. Because they are treating the symptom and not they are treating the cause. Easy. This is a simple message. So we can understand it. Society and everyone else are treating the symptoms but not the cause. All the knowledge in the world cannot cause sin to go away. Listen. Could not help this man. There will come a time, I tell you this, when the best surgeon, the best doctor, the the best psychiatrist, the, the best of everything, there will come a time in their life when they stand before that person who is there on his bed and say, there is no hope. They declare their, their impotency. There is no hope, but not Dr. Jesus Christ. He's never met a case that he said no hope. But every case he faced face to face, he healed and he cured forever. Only the blood of Jesus can cleanse the stain of sin. And only Christ can change you from within. Someone said, the quickest way to get a man out of the slum is to get the slum out of the man. Don't treat the symptoms. Let us look and treat. So social reforms are very well. I am for it. I appreciate it. I support it. But the hope of this world is not to be looked for in changed circumstances, but in changed hearts. Finally, the result of this encounter with Jesus. When news about what happened reached the city of the Gadarenes, the people came out, all of them. They didn't want to come out for the man. They came out because they heard about some catastrophe happened to their swine. They came out because they told them, you lost your pigs. They didn't come out to see that a man was healed. A man was saved. The tomb dweller has been changed. They didn't care about him. They went. They came all of them from that town. And what, they, what did they see? They were looked for the swine. They told the swine, well, you know what happened to the swines? They went over the cliff and they jumped over the cliff and they died in the sea. Thank God for that. The devil jumped into the sea. But how about the man? They didn't care about the man. They didn't look. They didn't, no, one, they, no one said one word about this man. What they found, the demon-possessed man, let's look at him, what the Bible says, was sitting down. He never sat in his life. He was so tired, he never sat in his life. And sitting down, meaning that I am now resting. He was resting in Jesus. 
Sitting down meaning I have finished running. I have been too many. I have tried everything under the sun. But when Jesus met me, I am sitting down at his feet. Did you meet Jesus yet? Did you meet that healer? Did you meet that savior? Please, please listen to his voice today. He came to save you. He came to take that that big storm out of your life and give you peace. The storm is gone. And he's sitting down. And secondly, he was closed. Who gave him his clothes? Where did they get all clothes? You know, the philosophers of this world, they might say outside if they want to argue, Adol, where did he get the clothes? Is this what you get from this message? Some people say, where did he get a pair of pants? Is this what you got? God who created man from dirt, can't he create pants? <laughs> a million amen to that. Yet what Peter gave him probably is his probe. And one of the disciples. And yet this is God who, who created everything. Who made us all from nothing. He closed him now after saving him. So let's not fix the symptom. Let's fix the cause. He sent the demons in him. He says, come on out. They wanted permission because he is God. He says, yeah, I permit you to go to the swine. And who's going to pay for them? He said, don't worry about that. I'll take care of them. And then, thirdly, he was in his right mind. Whoa! You mean to tell me before he met Jesus, he was crazy? I tell you one thing. Before I met Jesus, I wasn't in my right mind. Every wind used to transport me. If I heard about someone died in Timbuktu, am I going to die? If someone had cancer, I'm going to have cancer. My one, one, okay, one time my neighbor died. And he, I mean, I passed by his house every day. And I was like 18 years old. My neighbor died. I got scared. I didn't want to pass by the house. Every wind blew and took me with it. I was like a dead leaf. Taken by the winds of this world. And this is the condition of every person without Christ. The wind transports you. A story in Timbuktu, you say. A story in China. Oh, this is going to happen here. Oh, or or something. Fears. Fears. I was living in fear. Are you living in fear? You're out of your mind. Ah, you've been driven crazy. Yes. Because you are without Christ. Christ is the healer of body and soul and spirit. He was. The demon was sitting down. Relaxing in Jesus Christ. Stop your errands. Stop this. This driving. This fast sports car that you have. And sit down. And sit at the feet of Jesus. He will dress you. Outwardly and inwardly. And give you the right thinking. There is no wisdom outside Jesus. 
there is no life outside Jesus. If it weren't for Jesus, I wouldn't be here today. All the glory goes to him. They cared about their material gain, these people. And they said one thing to Jesus. Depart. Get out of town. We don't want you. Do you want to tell him this today? Depart. And if you tell him depart today, I want to leave you with this. May it be inscribed inside your heart and mind. Those who ask him to depart today will one day hear him say, Depart from me. I never knew. It's sad to see someone who is not saved here leaving these doors today and telling Jesus, Depart. I heard Adol, but come next time. You will hear that word if he comes today. Same word they used. He will tell you and tell them, depart. I never knew you. Do you want to do that? Or do you want to become like this man without his mind, the naked man, from a tomb dweller to an ambassador for Christ? I want to be with you. Just said, don't. Don't. I have a job for you. I want to give you a responsibility. I want to give you Candice a responsibility. Bill a responsibility. Carl a responsibility. Each and every one of you. Go. Go home. You're responsible to go tell your people. And tell them. What you were before. Were you here Thursday morning, ladies? What you were here, what you were before. And what you have become after. There is in his life now a before and after. And if there is no before and after in your life, you better check it out. Before Christ and after Christ. And if there is no before or after, you better settle the matter now. And don't ask Jesus to depart. Go home and report to them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he had mercy on you. What did he do? He says, no, I'm not. He obeyed. And he became a preacher. And he went to ten cities. Not to any home. He went to ten cities. And proclaimed the Lord Jesus Christ as his Savior. He didn't have to go to theology school. He didn't have to go anywhere to learn the Bible. He just had to tell them what I was before. And what I became after. Is that so much for you to tell someone What God has done in your life. May God touch you. And may you not leave this place. Before you decide. What you are now. And when Jesus touches you. What kind of a person you will be. And don't say depart. Because he will tell you depart from me. Any person who is not saved today. I beg. I entreat you, I beg of you, give him your life before you leave this place. Let's bow our heads for prayers. If the Lord spoke to you this morning,
If the Holy Spirit convicted your life, I want to pray for you. And I wouldn't know until you tell me, Adol, yes, pray for me. I want Jesus Christ to change my life. Just lift up your hand while I'm talking. With, say, yes, Adol, I want. Lift up your hand. Say, I want Jesus to change my life. Is there anyone here? Lift, lift it higher. Amen. That's one. Amen. Who else? Thank you. You can lower your hand now. Is there anyone else? Amen. Is there anyone else? You are telling Jesus Christ today, I want to follow you. I want to take you as my Savior. I don't want to ask you to depart from me. Is there one? Is there anyone? On this side? Are you sure the Lord, you are saved? The Lord changed your life? You are great. Last call. You want me to pray for you? Amen. 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 Any any other person? Last opportunity. Our Father, Amen. Our Father, we thank you for giving us the opportunity to preach the gospel. I pray for these hands and these hearts that were lifted up to you, that you'll change them, save them, and set them free. Break their chains and let them go like this man to tell the world what you have done for them. Bless this message and help us not to forget what you came for to save us, to save us from sin and to set us free. In Jesus' name, we ask and pray. Amen. Those who lifted up their hands, I want you to uh, stay in your seats and after and the, pe- the other people, please, walk away slowly. And you want, if you want to talk, talk in the foyer there. And I want to meet with those people who lifted up their hands after they leave. Come on to the front here. And then we will have a little talk. And then I'll let you go home and go to your businesses. And God bless you. The meeting is over. And may God bless you, bless you and be with you.